Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and with me today are Pony Pro Audrey McElwee and her mother, Danielle. We're going to start today with Audrey. Audrey, can you tell us a little bit about how old you are and where you're from? I'm 10 years old, and I'm from Mesa, Texas, and I enjoy riding my horses a lot. Yeah? What events do you compete in? I compete in barrels, poles, and goat tying. What's your favorite? Uh, goat tying. I've noticed from your videos and stuff that you've worked pretty hard at that this summer. Yeah, thank you. I see you got a new pony, too. How is that going? Going good. What are some things that you're learning with your pony? Patience. Patience. You learn that when you train horses, don't you? Yeah. What are some things that you have to, to work through right now as you're training her? Um, she doesn't have much of an attention span, so keeping her attention is kind of hard. What are some tricks that you're learning that make that easier? Keep her guessing, like just doing things, different things every time. Are you training her mostly for goat tying, or what all are you doing with her? Everything? I'm going to do a little bit of roping, but um, mostly goat tying right now. I see. And have you traded, trained any other ponies? I trained a little bit on Thunder, but that's it. I just, your, your Pony Pro letter that you wrote when you applied the sponsorship, sounds like he kind of gave you, gave you a little bit of a struggle there at first. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, a little frustrated. What happened? It was a little harder than what I thought. Um, just took a while, but he's getting better. In your story, you talk about the flags and how he was afraid of the flag. Yeah, that wasn't that was problem. We hung flags in his pen and stuff like that, but he got used to it. Yeah, over time, just a little patience and perseverance, right? Yes. And you are homeschooled, is that right? Yes, ma'am. What's that like? Do you like being homeschooled? Yeah, that's nice. Did you go to a public school before you were homeschooled, or have you always been homeschooled? No, ma'am. I've always been homeschooled. Well, that's kind of nice. I feel like it would be fun to be homeschooled. I wasn't, but my parents weren't in a position to be able to homeschool me, but I, but I wish I could be outside even more than what I am. Yes. For sure. So your favorite event is goat tying, but you also, you said you run barrels and poles too? Yes, ma'am. What are some things that you do on a daily basis to stay sharp with that? Um, we do lots of drills. My horse is a little older, so um, we don't run as much. Mm -hmm. So watch our videos, figure out what we do wrong, try to fix it um, doing drills. Mm -hmm. Watch other people, see what they use. We go to a lot of other people since my dad's a vet. He knows lots of horse people and trainers, and so we yeah. do meet a lot of new people, and I have a lot of coaches. That's got to be nice having your dad as a vet right in your back pocket. Yes, ma'am. Do you ever have a hard time with people, um, you know, you know a lot of people, and you get to go get help from a lot of different people. Do you see that as an advantage and you can learn something from everybody, or do you struggle to siphon out the information sometimes? Um, well, everybody gives me different information, and we just use what we can. We have to do what's best for the horse and figure what out what their best performing would be good for, and 
do what's best for me and all that. Yeah, just pick out what works for you and him and and roll on with the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you could help somebody else, what would you what would you recommend that they do? You know, what's one piece of advice that you've received that has really helped you out in your rodeo and horse horse and pony training and competing? Well, learning from other people was a big thing because more experience and watching other people, watching how they success and techniques and just learning from other people. When you come across an obstacle, like right now your your pony that you're training isn't being very patient and Thunder was scared of flags and there's always something with a horse or a pony that can be difficult. How do you keep yourself excited about riding and, and how do you keep a good attitude about well, it? Well, um, I think of how it would benefit me later on and how much fun it would be if I won something and win money and saddles and all that eventually. Yeah, so you just focus on the future. Yeah. Focus on the future and what you're learning. That's a really good idea. Sometimes we go through phases in life where things are a little bit tougher, and we definitely, it, when if it's life or competition, we have to remember that there's a bright side at the end of the tunnel and that we're always learning something that we can use now and later. Yeah. yeah. And do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, ma'am. One younger brother and one younger sister. So you're the oldest. How do you like being a big sister? Yeah, it's fun. Do you ever argue with your brothers and sisters? Brother and sister. Yes. You do? <laughs> do they compete too? Uh, yes, my sister does barrels, pulls, and goats, tying. And then my brother, he's still in lead line, and he'll be moving up in a few years. Okay. What are some things that you have learned being the oldest sibling? What are some things that you get to help them with? And, you know, do you feel like there's more responsibility in it? Set an example and just show them um, how to act. Mm-hmm. Um, helping out around the house, around the barn. Yeah. Sounds and like you set yeah. a really good example. When you're at rodeos and stuff, do you have a bunch of friends there? Have you met a lot of people? Um, I don't have, like, a lot, lots of friends, but, yes, I do. Um, lots of supporters. That's good. What are things that you and your friends talk about when you're at the rodeo? Um, well, I have a friend. She trains ponies also, so we talk about some problems that we solved and all that, um, how she fixes problems. She teaches me a lot of stuff. She's just a little bit older and learned a lot of stuff from her. Well, that's good. It's always good to have a friend that's a little bit older and maybe has just a little bit more experience that you can bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Do you get to go ride with other people very often? I mean, I know you get to ride with you know people that are helping you with lessons and coaching and stuff like that, but do you just go and ride with your with your friend very often? Yes, we have some friends uh, that don't live too far from us that we go try and ride with every other week or so. Yeah, that's uh, going to be kind of nice. We live in the middle of nowhere, so <laughs> that can be kinda... is like an hour from us, so it's a big deal to go ride somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be extra fun when you do get to go and hang out with other kids. I grew up in the middle of nowhere also, which there was one boy, his name was Lane Schrader, and... His family still lives like 18 miles away. And besides that, everybody was at least, it seemed like almost everybody that rodeoed was at least 60 miles away. So I was kind of in the same boat. But I, my brothers and sisters are all at least 10 years older than me, and they weren't involved in rodeo. So I got to do a lot of 
practicing and learning by myself or with my parents. It's been bittersweet. It's been good, but I definitely did go through the phase where I didn't want to listen to my mom. Do you ever have that problem? Yes. Yes. (laughs) How do you guys work through that? Do you guys have rules about the practice pen versus at home or in the house? Or how do you work together to, to get through those tough days? Well, I feel like, you know, me as a homeschool mom, I, you know, I have to teach them everything. And so this is why we go and let other people teach her things when I can't seem to communicate well. Yeah. And so we have, we've, we've gone to all different types of friends to help, you know, just with basic writing lessons or with goat tying or all that kind of stuff. So we have um, a lot of people that we seek advice from and stuff. So when we do butt heads, we can go seek someone else and hopefully you know get our problems fixed that way that's great that's one thing that I wish that I would have done more when I was younger which my mom was the barrel racer I mean my mom's got a lot of knowledge and I have a lot of respect for my mom but there were times that I feel like we should have maybe reached out to more people when when we were struggling to get along (laughs) I'm learning more and more from the more parents and kids that I work with that it's best just to send them off for a day or two. Then they come back and, and try it out again. And you have never competed in rodeo, is that right? Yes, that's correct. So how does that work out? Is that I mean, how did the kids get involved in, in rodeo? Well, um, my husband is a is a very well known veterinarian in this area and so a lot of his clients have you know have nfr you know they're nfr clients and Mm -hmm. and stuff and then you know you have the ones that are in smaller rodeos you know just locally and so he has a lot of clients that are you know um have lots of really nice horses and we always go to watch and going to rodeos in the summer is is just something we do as a family we kind of got our start with the kids um he had a client that was that had an older horse that was really kid safe and so when Audrey was three, um, he was given to us, and she learned to ride on him. And then by the time she was five, they had another horse that was a little bit faster, and they gave us him also, and so she went faster. And then from there, we um, we went from just doing play days to starting to do the West Texas Rodeo Association this summer for the first time. Not having rodeoed in the past, myself or, you know, my husband, I feel like we have a little bit of a learning curve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do you pack, and what do you need to be prepared for? And so, just like with riding horses and lessons and stuff, I seek advice from those that that have that are experienced and have done it their whole life and stuff. And so, I call them all the time. I'm like, so this says it on the book, but what does this mean? Or the dress code? Or so, yes, I have to seek advice from those that are more experienced. I mean, that's awesome that the kids are getting involved in it, and I feel like and hopefully this is true, I've rodeoed my entire life, but it seems to me like the rodeo world is very inviting and very willing to help, especially if you're new and just not sure. Yeah. We've had several that have kind of taken us under their wing and have showed us a lot. Yeah. That's just one great thing about, you know, they call it a rodeo family, and I think that's very true. Yeah. Do you go to a lot of the lessons with Audrey and the kids? Yes, I do. I go with them, and um, 
uh, and I make sure, you know, what they're teaching them, so that way I can reiterate it at home, mm-hmm. you know. Like, for instance, recently, her barrel and pole horse, we had taken her to, you know, just get some lessons on how to collect him better, and so I went and watched and made sure she, you know, knew how to do it, and then a few weeks later, I noticed that she wasn't doing it, and so I had to get on him and do those drills and then reiterate that back to her, and so yes, I go and watch and and then try to put it to practice and help them help them succeed in those areas I think that's a great way to be involved we've done a lot of clinics and camps and lessons and stuff at the house where I'm from in Iowa I really enjoy it when parents you know when they stay back and let let me give the lesson but they're still active and they're listening and they ask questions and then I always have the kids at the end of the lesson go and tell their parents what they've learned in their own words you know, I help them along so that the child, the parent, and myself are all on the same level. Because otherwise, you know, yes, the, if the if the parent's listening from the fence and they're only catching bits and pieces of it, and the kid, you know, she maybe, like, say Audrey would be hearing it the way that I'm telling her. You know, she's hearing what I'm telling her, but she's interpreting it different. It's really fun at the end of the lessons just to see how she's interpreted it, see how the parents have interpreted it, and make sure that we're all on the same page. makes a big difference. Yes, it's important. So you are homeschooling. What made you decide to homeschool? Well, before I had kids, I substituted in our school district from pre-K to 12th grade. And then after I had kids, Audrey being the firstborn, I noticed that she was kind of ahead academically. Like she taught herself basically how to read. And um, and after being in the school district, I just knew that she would probably fall through the cracks just because she is ahead, you know, academically. Mm-hmm. So so that's when I decided, you know, that homeschooling was probably best for our family. And I love our curriculum because it's a you know it's a Christian based curriculum, and so everything's based on the Bible and stuff. So yeah, what is that called? The curriculum that we use is called My Father's World. My father's world. Okay, I've never, I don't really know much about the homeschooling world. I know that there's a handful of families at home in Iowa that have switched to homeschooling or have decided to homeschool. Either their kids have decided that they want to do it so that they can be more active and, and spend more time outside with their horses and feel like the school atmosphere just isn't quite for them. You know, they'd rather be doing other things and kind of speeding, not speeding through it, but you know, just being able to spend more time outside and, and focus more on that. And they seem to get along really well with it. And the families that I know that homeschool, the kids are just as respectful. They're just as well-rounded. I'm sure that's not the case in all situations, but feel like these kids get out enough and they still get to interact with other kids all the time. So they're not losing the social aspect of it. Yes, the social aspect was like one of my least concerns. I was more about concerned about how to teach algebra when she gets to high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could that could definitely be a struggle. We uh, not only do we homeschool, but we're also a part of a homeschool cooperative in our in our town that we started in 2014 in La Mesa, and so we currently have nearly 50 kids in our cooperative, and so. So once a week we get to go there and they, you know, have a classroom setting and other people teach them and, you know, that sort of thing. And then they have yeah. lots of friends that they get to do stuff with, so. That's pretty neat. I didn't realize that they did that. Yes. Yeah. So our curriculum is a four-day curriculum, um, which is pretty common with homeschool curriculum. And then we have the one day that we go to the co-op. Mm-hmm. So how much time a day do you usually spend on schoolwork? 
typically a, a good school day is from 830 to, to 330. It's almost like being in school. That Those were the hours when I was in school. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So it's all on computers mostly? Is that how you, or do you we have do books? Not do the main curriculum is book-based. Okay. Have, they have a math curriculum that is by Math UC, and it is, they have a teacher that's on DVD that teaches their lesson, but their lesson is all paper. Okay, that's You know, nice. all their schoolwork is on paper. That's interesting. You know, what kind of struggles have you found with homeschooling, or has it just been it's just worked for you guys and it's what you like or do you guys ever find that pros and cons to it? Well, just like with any career, you know, or anything that you choose in life, there's always going to be some struggles. You know, a big thing that I had to decide, especially this last year when I started schooling all three of them, is, you know, I have to treat it as a full-time job. I had to say no to a lot of things, you know, whether they're good things or, you know, or just busy things or whatever. I've had to say no to things so that way I know that I'm here to be able to give them a consistent education to make sure that we do get our, our schoolwork done. So once I started treating it like a full-time job, trying to run errands so we're all done with school, you know, that, that sort of thing, it really helps us to make sure we get our schoolwork done. And there's always attitude problems during the day, you yeah. know, not wanting to do lessons, you know, wanting to be outside, especially when the time changes in the spring and it's nice outside. We just compromise. Just so if that's, that's going to help you do your schoolwork, then let's go outside and jump on the trampoline, you know, for an hour or whatever. And then we'll come back in and finish schoolwork. Or let's do school outside in the garden today because it's so nice. And so we do compromise. I mean, so it's not just a strict thing. And I realize that if they take after me, they want to be outside more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure it's nice for you, too, to be outside. I mean, as teaching them. I'm sure you like to be outside just as much as they do, so it probably works for everybody. Yes, yes. Yeah. But our biggest struggle, I would say, is in the spring when, you know, the weather's not hot yet and the time has changed. So we, we just have to buckle down and get it done, or we choose to do some of it outside, or we, we work through it. Yeah, and as a parent that hasn't competed before, what are some of the challenges that you find, like, when you're at the rodeo and helping helping them with the mental side of things. Do you feel like that's a challenge, or have you competed in other things in the past where you can still motivate them and understand how to help them out? Well, yeah, I think the biggest thing that I do as a parent is I observe. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to figure out what kind of mom I want to be. You know, are you going to be that mom that yells at their kids because they were half a second off of their time? Or am I going to be the mom that's smiling and congratulating them to come down the alley? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've had to make a choice because they're all, there's all kinds out there. And mm-hmm. so as a mom, it's been our real first real rodeo season, my kids have worked incredibly hard and they have tried so hard to do their very best. And I just want them to know that I am super proud of them, no matter what happens out in the arena. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you know, we'll go through and watch their video and, and figure out what, what ways we can change or get better or whatever. But my kids work super hard, and I'm always super proud of them, no matter what happens in the arena. And I realize that there is, you know, especially the one that we've been involved in, I mean, it's tough. 
I mean, there's kids out there that are just phenomenal rodeo kids, phenomenal horses and stuff, and, and, and being proud of all the kids that are out there. That's kind of what I, that's kind of the way I, you know, address it. Sure, you know, it, it sometimes it's disappointing when they, when they don't do their best out there, but it's also, you know, I also know that they're trying their hardest. I just did a podcast interview with Cody Huber, who is a lifelong friend of mine, and he is currently in the top 40 in the world in the calf roping right now. And we've, uh-huh. you know, worked with a lot of different parents between the two of us. He does calf roping clinics at home and a lot of lessons and stuff. I've been to his place. His dad's been to the NFR a couple times. And we've done the youth rodeo thing. We both grew up in it. But we talked about, you know, what we as clinicians and people who give lessons, coaches, see with parents too. And both of us agreed that, you know, we want to see parents be supportive. And while yes, it can be as parents, you want them to be just as successful as they want to be. But sometimes it seems like the parents forget to just be encouraging. You know, the kids are just as disappointed when they don't do good if their heart's in it and they've been putting the time in. You know, they're just as disappointed as you as a parent, you know, when it doesn't go right, not because you're disappointed in them, just because it didn't work out. But so important to remind kids how proud you are of them to acknowledge the hard work that they've put in and that it is just life sometimes and you just got to keep your chin up and keep trucking away and there's always another rodeo yes there is and we talked about that too and how it's not like basketball or football or you know a high school sport where it's done at the end of the day with rodeo you get to do it your whole life if you want to. I mean, and if the cards fall into yeah. place. It's up to you as an individual how far you go in rodeo. It's not set on, well, you're not good enough to be pro now. I mean, that's totally on you. Do your kids play sports at all? Or is rodeo their main thing? We haven't, we haven't participated in like an organized sport at mm-hmm. our co-op. We have a, you know, a PE time in the middle of classes. And so they get to play things like flag football and soccer and kickball and capture the flag and stuff like that. So they get plenty of sports time that way. Because we do live an hour from everything, the closest homeschool sports group is, is an hour away. And, you know, so that and driving that, that distance, you know, three or four days a week, that would take away from, you know, our time to practice and, yeah, and conditioning our horses and stuff. Yeah, we talked about, too, how sometimes – it's great to have the opportunity to to play basketball and stuff. And I think that organized school type sports, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. But at some point yeah. in time, I think that it's you, know, you kind of have to prioritize what you really want to be good at, what your favorite thing is, what you really enjoy, and you know, it sometimes you have to make the sacrifices to. You know, yes, I really like basketball, but I'd rather be a good goat tire or be good at rodeo. So sometimes you have to make that decision. Yeah. Oh, and, and the other thing that we do, you know, before we start any kind of series or any kind of beginning of the year, you know, we ask our kids, you know, is this what you want to do right now? You know, there are lots of other things that you can be doing. So we just before we interrupt and pay for all this, is this what you really want to do? And, and they usually pipe in with a, really loud yes and we go from there they Mm -hmm. have lots of friends that are on organized sports teams and and so they know what's out there and it's becoming to realize you know all the all of our kids are different and so what works for audrey you know right now may not work for jesse later or then we have a boy in the mix yeah (laughs) later on just making sure that we're doing what they love to do not just making them and assuming that this is what they want to do right 
making sure they're involved in the decision as well. Yes. So your husband is a vet. You know, that's got to be an advantage to have that in your back door. Yes, it's an advantage as far as him taking care of our horses and keeping them in shape and proper care. And, you know, he sees a lot of things that I, you know, I don't see as, mm-hmm. as a mom and stuff. And so that's nice to just have that, you know, with us every time we practice and everywhere we go. But he has a very demanding schedule. Mm-hmm. And so means that I end up taking them by myself sometimes. You know, and a lot of times when he does go with us, we, I have to get them all packed up and the horses loaded and he meets us here right before we leave, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. So, yes, there's advantages, but it's also, we just have to learn to work with his busy work schedule. I'm sure when you um, get to the rodeo, there's a hundred people with questions for him, too. Well, and it's like, um, and it's like going with a movie star, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because... Because, you know, most of the people, wherever we go, it doesn't matter if it's just a little hometown rodeo or if it's a play day or, or the West Texas rodeo, you know, he knows every almost everybody. Mm-hmm. So everybody comes up, shakes his hand, and they're like, hey, you know, that horse that you worked on for me last year, she's working great. Or, you know, hey, Doc, I got a question, you know, can I give this med? Or, yeah. So, so it's like going with a movie star sometimes. That's one of those jobs that I feel like no matter where you're at, somebody's going to have a question for you or a comment or something. There's always something with a yeah. job like that, yeah. for sure. Are there things yeah. that he that you hear him say very consistently for, like, across the board for all horses on taking care of them or managing them or feeding them, just consistent things that he sees that maybe would help other listeners? Another thing that we also do is he's a representative for Hypro, which is a, a feed company, and, and he sells their feed. So we basically have a little feed store in our, in our barn. And, and the reason why he started doing that is because of needing something consistent for our horses to be eating. Our little feed stores in town didn't always, you know, have the same product on their shelf. So, like, we had to switch, you know, to something different if they didn't have it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't a thought good for horses all the time right and so not only does he we have feed for our horses but he provides the feed for the veterinary clinic he works for and and lots of other clients that he has because he feels like consistency in what they're getting is really important we have a lot of older horses because they're you know sometimes they're just safer for the kids to learn on we get a lot of compliments on their condition and just how they look and you know they can't believe they're that old and running that good you know Mm -hmm. those sort of things and so a lot of people do notice the condition of our horses and, you know, how well they are and, and stuff. Um, you know, and then consistent dental work because their teeth do grow all year. And that can affect, you know, how they how they eat. And then that affects, you know, their body weight and condition also. How often does he recommend getting their teeth done? We check ours once a year. That's what we do, too. We try to do it every spring right before we're going to really get started working them and we try to ride all throughout the yeah. winter, but, you know, right before competition season, we want to eliminate the problems and make sure that we're starting off yeah. on the right foot at least. Yes, and their teeth, you know, also affect, you know, how the fit fits in their mouth and stuff. And so, you know, we don't want the, we don't, we don't want the horses to experience pain, you know, with fits and stuff and then cause problems for the kids. And yeah. so we feel like, you know, consistent dental care really affects how they perform also. What makes High Pro Feeds different? I've never heard of High Pro Feeds. Um, High Pro Feeds carries a, a, a feed that's a, an alpha pro pellet, and so it's just alfalfa that's been ground up, 
and then made into a pellet. And there's might be a few other things like some, a little bit of corn and stuff mixed into it. Okay. Um, but the advantage of having the alpha pro is for one, you don't have to carry a bunch of hay mm-hmm. whenever you go to rodeos. Carry a bag of the alpha pro with you. And then also for because we do have older horses, it is easier for them to, to chew it yeah, and it's more you know palatable. and to process it. Yes. It's, yes. And so with just a little bit of saliva, you know, they're able to chew it up and, and swallow it. And so that's been, that's been a, you know, a big thing, especially having older horses. And then yeah. horses that are prone to choke, this is the feed that he recommends also because it's not as likely to get stuck in their, you know, their esophagus. Huh. Um, Interesting. So. But it's a complete feed. You don't have to feed hay with it. We do feed um, grass hay along with the Alpha Pro pellet because horses are, you know, they're designed to be grazers during mm-hmm. the day and they need to, you know, they need the roughage in their diet. So we allow them to have the, the grass hay to, you know, nibble on and graze on during the day. Yeah. Do you keep hay in front of your horses 24-7, the grass hay, or do you just feed them that more like morning and night? Um, yes, we feed them morning and night. Uh-huh. We've, you know, we've, we've had a couple of times where we put out a round bale for them, um, type thing, mm-hmm. but, um, but we do feed them, you know, morning and night. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. I'd like to keep them on a round bale, but then at the same time, I don't know that I want them to eat 24 seven. Yes. We did notice that they, um, they packed on quite a few pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they did. Are there any, any ad- pieces of advice that he has when you're hauling down the road? As far as from a veterinarian standpoint, yeah, I think the biggest thing is being like it's being prepared. You know, anything can happen on the road, and so we have like a emergency box type thing. We have all the needles and syringes and bandages and bute and all that kind of stuff, just mm-hmm. in case you know you need something. And you usually need need it pretty quick, so we carry that. And because we do live in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and everywhere we go is so far. So it's good to have all those things on hand. We are working on putting together like a checklist of things to put in a box like that, that, you know, can stay in your trailer year round. You don't have to worry about if they're cold or hot and just the essentials of being on the road in case of an emergency. Yeah. And we're also going to try to put one together for like a a safety kit or not a safety kit, but um, like a first aid kit for common rodeo related injuries one of the um, athletic trainers at the college is helping us with different exercises that are event specific and warm-up stretches Uh and stuff that you know will help warm up those muscles that you're going to use the most if you're a goat tire or a steer wrestler or a bull rider we're going to do little video clips of five minutes before or two minutes before or you know, just short, sweet, and to the point because, you know, I don't know very many rodeo athletes that are going to spend a half hour getting ready before their event themselves. They'll spend that time on their horse, but yes. not on themselves. So we want to keep it short and sweet. Yeah, when we started hauling further this, this year, I have prepared an emergency kit for each of our vehicles. Yeah. You know, trying to, trying to think of all the of all the things that could happen and be somewhat prepared. Mm-hmm. What's, um, like, the one thing, like, what's the one most important thing that you think needs to go into an emergency kit? We haven't had to use it yet, but mm-hmm. I did, I have noticed lots of ice packs have been used. Yeah. <laughs> when kids hit poles or when they, when they hit barrels or when they stumble off their goat ponies, lots of ice packs have been used. Fortunately, we haven't had to use that ours 
but um, they do have some. I do have some in our kit that you know you can kind of shake them or bend them, and then they you know they are activated as a cold pack type yeah. thing. So I do have those in our in our kit. Thankfully, no one has had any busted open heads or anything to use the yeah you know, like the liquid bandage or anything. Well, and those are good to have for horses too. I mean, if you feel like they've got some swelling yeah. or something, then you can you know use a a standing wrap or um, even some vet wrap or something and wrap them up for a while if they need it. Yeah. Okay, so if you had, I mean, if there was a family that was interested in getting started on the homeschooling, where would you recommend they start? Well, I would recommend seeking um, another homeschool family that maybe has kids just a little older than yours Mm -hmm. and then talking with them. There's so many different types of curriculum. And so you kind of have to figure out, you know, what works best for your family. Is it going to be something that's computer-based, or is it going to be something that's book-based? Mm-hmm. Do you want it specifically Christian-based, or do you want it just just a strict, just a regular education with no Christianity involved? Mm-hmm. And so, there's, I mean, there's tons of options out there. And a piece of advice I always give moms looking for homeschool curriculum is you could spend a year you know, researching every kind and going through every kind. But sometimes you just got to jump in the ocean and pick out a fish. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then just try it and see if it works. Um, you know, so there are, you know, there's all put together curriculums. It comes in a nice little box or there's curriculums that you piece together, you know, yourself. You have a different language and a different math and reading and for each kid. So there's that freedom in that. Um, and there's always the flexibility of being able to change. Uh, my only concern about, you know, those that change too often, curriculums, is you're not able to see the full effect that the curriculum is is wanting for your kid. And so I challenge moms to at least give it a year. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, curriculums may start out, you might think they're, they're, they're going really slow, they're not learning enough. In the meantime, they're building the foundation for whatever they're teaching, whether it be math or language. And then towards the second semester, they, they really speed up. They're starting to build to build upon the foundation that they started in the first semester. And so, you know, I've seen that with our, like, our math curriculum and, and then just with our, our main curriculum also. So got to give it a little bit of time before you change. Yeah, I think that's everything in life. That sounds just like horse training too, especially with colts. You know, you got to build yeah. the foundation and just you have to learn how to walk before you can trot and turn in a circle and got to build it up before you can even think about hauling to the rodeo. Yes, that's yeah. for sure. If there was somebody who was interested in the curriculum you use, where would they find information on that? You can go to their website, which is mfwbooks.com. They have their theories behind their curriculum mm-hmm. on their on their website there. You can view samples of the the curriculum on there, see, you know, what's in the what's what's included what you'll be studying, you know, that sort of thing, how they do the rotations of history, you know, and stuff like that. So it's a great website to be able to go on there and, and look at. Okay. And if there was a mom that was interested in it or, or a dad or, you know, parents who were interested in homeschooling, are you somebody that you would feel comfortable with them contacting you, like through Facebook or Instagram or something like that to answer some of their questions and share your experience with them? I would love to, yes. Definitely. Okay. And how can they find you? You can um, email. Would okay. be great. You would just um, use my name, which is D A N I E L L E M C E L 
W-E-E dot PC at gmail.com. Okay. I'm also on Facebook, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very consistent. <laughs> okay. Okay. That way, you know, if, if somebody is interested and in, to know what it's like with the rodeo life and, you know, how it all works, yeah. then you'd be a great source for them to ask because you have the experience. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And then what's one, what's some advice that you have for parents who are just getting started? I mean, obviously your husband had some, some background in the horse world as a vet and everything, but getting involved in rodeo and being new, some advice you have for those parents. I think the main thing that's really helped us is just being able to get advice from, from others. If you meet someone that their, their horses are in great condition and their kids you know, performing well, you can just go up and ask them, you know, hey, where y'all live and what do you do to, you know, to practice and, you know, those sort of things. I always welcome all, all sorts of advice from others and, and I seek out advice. I don't know hardly anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm, con- I'm constantly learning from others. I feel like, you know, just having those mentors is going to be the biggest thing to help you, you know, get through and to really succeed. Yeah, that's great advice. I know one thing we're really trying to do on RodeoKids.com is give those people who are just starting a place to start and some confidence and, you know, let them know they're not alone and try to help them get to where they're comfortable and, you know, learning as much as they can and enjoying the lifestyle just as much as, you know, those of us who were, those people who were born and raised in it, you know, we want to share it as much as we possibly can. We would really like to thank you for sharing your experience and your insight on being a new rodeo family and getting involved, how to do it, and all of your information on homeschooling. I learned so much today, and I really think it's going to be great for the listeners, and I really hope that some of them reach out to you if they have any questions. So thank you, ladies. I wish Audrey the best of luck and your other children, and if I can ever help you with anything, please let us know. Okay, well, thank you so much. This RodeoKids.com podcast was brought to you by the Performance Pony Company. To find all your small horse and pony needs, click on the Shop tab at the top of the page to find a Pony Tech link to all the Performance Pony Company's products.